Adventures in Dreaming, a Happy Brain Games podcast. Episode 2, The Mammoths of Volanta. Tonight, I think we'll take a look at a different sort of subject. A bit of history, a bit of zoology, even. You may have lived in Volanta your entire life, but I bet there's plenty you don't know about the very place where you lay. So take a minute, get comfortable, while I tell you the history of mammoths on our continent. I would wager that most people who live in Volanta have never seen a mammoth outside of a book. But there are still mammoths here. Hundreds, maybe even a thousand. These days, they're only found far to the north, on the Nesra Peninsula, with its hundreds of miles of permafrost. But that was not always the case. Picture the continent of Volanta, Ten thousand years ago, before humans, before drow, even, perhaps, before the Aboleth and their kingdoms of the coast and sea. Back then, ice and snow stretched across almost the entire continent. Lake Telvlar, the largest body of water we have here, would have been walkable for much of the year, perhaps even for the mammoths themselves. Most of Volanta was an icy tundra, and the southern wilds were barely a forest, struggling to grow against the cold. Let's get a little closer coasting over the tops of trees like birds riding the wind, finding the edge of the tundra where the frost just barely covers. Here we'll find huge herds of great woolly creatures with ivory-colored tusks gleaming in the sunlight. This ancient herd alone measures in the hundreds, with huge families of mammoths all banding together for protection. Get in even closer, and we can take a good look at one of these incredible creatures. Come in close, reach out your hand and you'll feel the mammoth's coarse, dark brown fur. It has a texture similar to rough strands of rope, like the kind you might find on a ship. I'm sure you've felt much softer things in your day, but I can imagine the mammoth is glad to have this kind of protection from the cold. The wind whipping off the ice, barely budges its fur. 
you and I wouldn't fare nearly as well in these conditions. But the mammoth is comfortable enough. It uses those huge tusks primarily for digging through the thin crust of ice to reach vegetation beneath. It can also use them for protection, though I think these great beasts would much rather live in peace. One of the benefits of living in the snowy regions is that it keeps them out of reach from the largest land predators. Ten thousand years ago was a time between the fall of the Tarasque and the coming of the dragons. And yet, there were still huge insects and ferocious beasts in the southern wilds. But here, with our mammoth, it is simply cold and peaceful. Go forward in time a thousand years, and the landscape is already looking much different. The ice has receded past Lake Telvalar, and the deserts north of the Tacalda Mountains have begun to transform into the baked landscapes we know today. This transformation continues steadily for the next several thousand years, and as the ice moves further and further north, the mammoth herds move with them. The famed paleontologist Richard Olmsted has found a great number of mammoth fossils at the base of the Tacalda Mountains, all the way on the west coast of Volanta, as far away from the Nesdra Peninsula as one can get. Ricard theorizes that this was the last great herd on the mainland, and that the changing climate and the growing presence of humanoids on the continent finished off the herd about 3,000 years ago. Now to the present. As I said before, there are still large herds of mammoths traveling across the ice. And just this past spring, I took a trip to the Nestra Peninsula specifically to see them in person. I traveled to the small town of Aditha, the first patch of civilization on the peninsula when coming up from the mainland. There I was able to rent a most unusual device, called a wind sled. This light metal sled has a large canvas sail on the front, which catches the whipping winds and propels you across the ice at great speeds. The sled takes some getting used to, but once I had the hang of it, I was able to travel a great distance in just a few hours, and soon I found myself on a ridge overlooking a large valley. There I found what I was looking for. 
Down in the valley was a great herd of mammoths, perhaps close to a hundred. I observed them for quite a while with a spyglass. Then I made preparations to get a closer look. I played a quiet tune on my recorder, something low enough that the wind would not carry it, and felt a wave of arcane energy flow through me. For the next hour I was invisible. A few quiet words later, and a small portal appeared in front of me, tinged with arcing magenta-hued energy. As I stepped through, I appeared at a spot tucked behind a rock on the valley floor, much closer to the herd than I had been before. I was barely one hundred feet from the nearest mammoth, and I dared not venture further. Being invisible does not mean being undetectable, and those long trunks aren't just for show. Many believe that a mammoth has a better sense of smell than just about anything on land. Once or twice it seemed they had perhaps caught my scent. I saw trunks aimed in my direction. But not seeing anything alarming, they went on with their business. Over the next thirty minutes, I simply watched and listened, and the mammoths apparently had a great deal to talk about. I heard trumpeting, as you might imagine, but there were also chirps and squeaks, a few loud roars, and a low rumbling sound that I could feel in the ground and in the rock I was hiding behind. That rumbling sound echoed all around, and I'm quite sure I could hear a similar rumble from some distant spot, like a call and response. About halfway through my observation, the smallest of the herd started to wander my way. The baby mammoth got closer and I could hear its small squeaks and snuffles as its trunk waved back and forth. It snuffed at the rock I was hiding behind, but didn't seem to notice anything amiss. It spent some time pushing the snow around before finding a few bits of limp grass which it pulled into its mouth. As it munched, it got even closer to me walking right by my hiding spot. This little mammoth stood about four feet tall, with long, gangly legs and oversized feet that crunched the snow as it moved about. Perhaps it was foolish, but I couldn't help but reach out and give it a small pet as it passed by. It stopped and looked around, and I did it again, patting it like one might pat a dog. It seemed to like it, and as I pat its haunches, 
It flailed its trunk around and let out some small honking noises. This seemed to attract the attention of its mother, and as I heard the great footsteps coming, I shrunk back against my rock, ready at any moment to cast a spell and escape. The little one bounded off, and right after, I saw a huge trunk and a pair of great tusks looming over my hiding spot. As it came around, I observed that the mother was almost three times my height, and close enough now that I could smell its breath, like a mix of wet grasses and dark earth. I held my breath as it loomed over me, not wanting to make a single noise. It seemed satisfied enough at not seeing anything, and wandered back to rejoin the herd. I decided then that I'd gotten close enough and lucky enough for one day, and created another dimension door to bring me back to the top of the ridge. I don't know if I'll ever see wild mammoths in person again, but I know I'll never forget my close encounter. I watched them from the ridge a little longer, this society of majestic creatures going about their lives, not knowing of all the history that led them to being here, thriving in a place where little else can, and living the exact same way their ancestors had ten thousand years ago. So here we have these huge creatures that have lived here far longer than us, and most people who have lived their entire lives here have never seen them. It makes me wonder how many mysteries are just beyond our line of sight. How many things are we not seeing simply because we haven't looked in the right spot. <laughs>